Hello and welcome to this Endo Life episode 162. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils and their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community they're getting loads of feedback about it and you know if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's the patch in a bath bomb. Um, so, you know, if you're on your period or if you're in pain, you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them. I don't know, you could have multiple if you want. Um, and then, yeah, get out the bath, maybe rub in some CBD balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but... Um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk. And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. Hi, guys. So... I am just getting ready for the kickoff of the Endo Belly course. It's coming out on Monday. And as I was going through the modules, the first lesson, actually the second lesson, really stood out to me as something that everyone should be aware of. And that is, what's the difference between a healthy gut and the Endo Belly? How do we know what's normal for a healthy gut and what's the signs of something else a gut health condition um, endometriosis inflammation all of the things that I talk about that are associated with endometriosis on the podcast and because we do live in a culture where you know we're encouraged to have a flat stomach have washboard abs um, there's you know, all of these detox teas that talk about like getting rid of the bloat. I really wanted to have this sole lesson about like what is actually healthy for a normal gut? Um, what does that look like? Do we have bloating after a meal? Um, what should bowel patterns look like? So I really wanted to share that with everyone because regardless of whether you're whether you joined the course. I just think everyone should know this so that we're not chasing an unrealistic vision of what a stomach should visually look like and what gut health should be. Um, because I think aside from how our stomachs might look visually, we can also get caught up in chasing perfect health in an unattainable way, like this idea of perfect wellness. Um, not saying we don't want to be optimal health, in optimal health, but I just wanted to kind of give you guys um, the facts on what is 
what is actually healthy. So um, I'm sharing this with everyone today. The endo belly course is closed. You can't enroll on it now, but I just wanted to share this lesson with you because I think it's something that everyone should know. And I would really love to hear back from you if you found this episode helpful and if you learn anything new from it really because yeah I just think it's really important to share so here you go so first up I wanted to talk about what the endobelly is the endobelly is not actually a medical term but instead it's a name that the community has coined in reference to the severe bloating that we often experience so there isn't technically a set definition but it is generally thought to be severe bloating or swelling that tends to be attributed to endometriosis and is sometimes accompanied by pain. I think that sort of varies depending on who you speak to, who the expert is. Some experts' articles and endo patients also include gut problems with this term too, but not always. My definition from my training and from seeing so many clients with these symptoms is that the endo belly is an exaggerated severe bloating often accompanied by gut symptoms, not always at the same time, pain or discomfort, but it's not always caused by by endometriosis directly. So you may have heard me talk about this. I don't believe the endobelly is just the endobelly. So here are some of the common symptoms I see in my clients that I tend to think of as fitting under the term the endobelly. Flare-ups with stress, food, pain or your menstrual cycle but it's not always flare-ups this might just be a daily thing for you you might just have daily a daily bad stomach or daily symptoms it normally comes with ibs issues like diarrhea constipation abdominal pain gas and these may not be flares but more so just your daily bowel habits and gut issues so for example you may tend to always lean towards constipation or loose stools, or you may have a lot of gas on a daily basis. It's often debilitating, so it might disturb your social life, your diet, your work, or your confidence. You might worry about eating out because you're scared of a flare-up. You might have to eat a really restricted diet to control your symptoms. You might have to sometimes take sick days, or you just struggle at work with your symptoms. And It's just not as simple as just feeling a bit bloated after lunch. And there is normally a dramatic increase in abdominal size. Endo patients often report looking pregnant, requiring different size clothing, having swelling so bad that they're in pain. And finally, I just want to note, some sources discuss the endo belly swelling being lowered down in the abdomen and that IBS issues are higher up. But I think the problem with this is that it's not true for everyone and it might mean you dismiss any other possible causes because you think, oh, it's low down, it's just my endo. Because I've seen a lot of people with SIBO and endo whose bloating is from the diaphragm all the way down or it starts from their belly button and it goes down to their pubic bone. So I really wouldn't pay a huge amount of attention to where the bloating is, unless, unless of course you're just getting like a tiny bit of bloat or a bump on say one side of your body near your ovaries, which might indicate a cyst, for example. So something I think is really important to discuss is what's normal versus what is the endo belly, because I don't want us to be trying to reach for an untainable vision of a healthy gut. So here are some signs of the endo belly or something more is going on with your gut. 
So bloating and gut problems might get worse and worse as a day goes on. You might get more uncomfortable, maybe your pain increases, and by your last meal, your stomach has swollen to, say, triple its normal size. Your symptoms may only be controlled through restriction, so a normal diet can't be achieved without having symptoms, and you find yourself, maybe you skip meals, or you find yourself restricting a lot to avoid flare-ups. Maybe you can no longer fit into clothes, or you need to change to be comfortable when your belly swells up because it's just so distended. So in short, the, the bloating is severe and significant. It might also be accompanied by other health problems and nutrient deficiencies like achy joints, fatigue, low B12 or low iron. And these are signs of inflammation and malabsorption of nutrients. You might also get constipated before your period. Um, so as I said earlier, from a functional medicine point of view, which is what my training is based on, you should have at least one daily bowel movement. And this is actually really important for hormonal health because old estrogen is excreted through waste and that needs to occur daily. However, in contrast, dietitians and conventional doctors tend to take a different stance and say that whatever is normal for you is normal or at least three times a week. In terms of my training with Dr. Alison Seebecker, Dr. Jessica Drummond, Nicole Jardim, Dr. Narala Jacoby, we would consider that as constipation. Basically, anything that is not once a day is leaning towards a form of constipation. It might be considered normal to conventional medicine, but we wouldn't class it as optimal for health. You might get diarrhea on your period, which causes you abdominal discomfort, eating problems, so maybe you have to avoid food or eat a restricted diet. It might affect your daily life, so you might not be able to have a normal work day because you're stuck in the toilet. You might have to have sick days on your period because your IBS symptoms are so bad, etc. The end of belly often affects daily life and your confidence because you've been asked so many times whether you're pregnant, you get comments, or you just feel really fed up that you're not able to wear the clothes you'd like. Additionally, your gut symptoms could be affecting your daily life. So for example, I had a client who would get several bouts of loose stools every morning to the point where she would sometimes be late for dropping her child off to nursery because she'd have to run back in to go to the toilet. And another client wouldn't be able to finish her meals without needing to dash to the toilet. So those are two examples where their endo belly is, is really affecting their daily life. You might wake up bloated already or with gut problems or you may find your sleep is disturbed due to the bloating or the discomfort. So I had one client who had a distended belly all the time and it was so bad she actually got to a point where it was too painful to sit or stand up and so she had to lay down all the time. And another client wouldn't be able to sleep because by the evening her belly was so bloated that she couldn't get comfortable and she was in agony from all of the gas that was inside her. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. So in contrast, I wanted to talk to you about what is normal for a healthy gut, and some of this might surprise you. 
So ideally you should feel satisfied after eating, not overly full or like food isn't going down. Of course, if it's Christmas or Ramadan or another, you know, celebration, you might be feasting on more food than you normally would. So of course, sometimes you're going to feel full to burst in, but generally you should feel like you're able to digest your food and like it's going down. It's not just sitting there for hours afterwards. You may be a bit bloated or gassy after meals, especially after high fiber meals or large meals, but the bloating should subside a few hours later and it's not accompanied by gut distress. And this bloating happens because our good gut bugs actually eat our food and ferment it as part of the digestion process. We actually need this to happen to get all of our nutrients. But a result of this process is the creation of gas from the bacteria. And so naturally, we will get a bit of expansion after a meal. And of course, you know, we're putting food into our stomach. You wouldn't expect to fill an empty bag with food shopping at the supermarket and for it not to look full or bigger or expanded. So there will be some extension of your abdomen after meals, but it shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be severe. It shouldn't worsen repeatedly as a day goes on every time you eat. It shouldn't not go down and it shouldn't be accompanied by gut distress. It should naturally go down and not affect your life or your comfort. Additionally, so you know, according to dietitian and gut doctor, Dr. Megan Megan Rossi, a normal amount of passing gas is 10 to 20 times a day. You should wake up with a relatively flatter stomach in contrast to after meals. And this is because your digestion has been working overnight. So naturally your stomach's a bit flatter. Now, no, I don't say your stomach should be flat in the morning. It will be flatter in contrast to after meals because you haven't eaten in something like 10 or 12 hours, but you don't need a super flat stomach to have a healthy gut. And to follow on from that, a normal healthy gut doesn't mean your stomach is flat all the time. Your stomach shouldn't be flat all the time. As you now know, it should naturally expand with a bit of food. So we're not aiming for washboard abs all the time. And with a healthy normal gut, bloating tends to increase towards your period and in the luteal phase. So this is a phase after ovulation, but it shouldn't be severe. It shouldn't be painful and it shouldn't be debilitating. And you might get this bloating because progesterone and estrogen actually affect water retention. And so bloating and swelling can naturally increase towards your period when progesterone is at its highest. Now, if your hormones are imbalanced, this will be worse. So supporting your hormones, which this course will help with, should minimize the effects, but they won't eradicate them entirely. Additionally, those inflammatory chemicals, prostaglandins, naturally begin to build in the uterus from ovulation to your period. And as we know, inflammation from prostaglandins creates swelling. And so there may be some level of normal swelling during this time. But again, it shouldn't be severe. If it is, this might be an indicator that your inflammation levels are too high, which is likely to be the case anyway, given that endometriosis lesions release prostaglandins. And that's why it's so helpful to reduce inflammation overall. Lastly, progesterone relaxes muscles, including the muscles of the intestines. So as a result, digestion slows down in the second half of our cycle, meaning things become a bit sluggish and we get a bit more of a buildup of gas and waste, leading to a bit of bloating. Now, again, it shouldn't be severe. 
your bowels might feel a bit sluggish towards your period, but they shouldn't, you shouldn't have full blown constipation. Or if you do have any, it should at least be short lived. So, you know, for a day or so, for example, or maybe your stools are just a little harder or more cracked than normal. In contrast, it's actually normal to have bowel movements that are looser during your period. So beforehand, your bowels are a bit sluggish, then during your period, your stools become looser. And this is because those prostaglandins that we talked about, prostaglandin E2, it causes the muscles to contract. And as your uterus is right next to your colon, this can create contractions in the colon, resulting in bowel movements and looser stools. So if your inflammation levels are high, you may get full-blown diarrhea, and that's when we want to reduce those levels of inflammation. Ideally, a normal scenario is maybe you have more bowel movements, which are a bit looser on your period, but they shouldn't be causing your pain or they shouldn't be causing you pain or affecting your day-to-day life during this time. So because you do get a release of prostaglandins E2 with your period, you do get looser bowel movements, but they shouldn't be severe. And finally, your bloating after meals doesn't require a new dress size, or it doesn't require you to change your clothes. It doesn't affect your daily life. So you might get this normal bit of bloating, but it goes down and it doesn't, you know, you don't have to change your clothing. You're not asked if you're six months pregnant. Now, to show you what healthy stool looks like, here is a Bristol stool chart. This is the diagnostic tool used to determine the health of stools, especially in IBS populations. In terms of functional medicine training, at the Integrated Women's Health Institute, we aim for a type 4. So your stools should be snake-like, smooth, easy to pass with a banana-like consistency. You should be having one to three bowel movements a day. And one is a minimum because for optimum health and hormonal health, we really want to be removing waste on a daily basis, including any old estrogen to prevent hormonal imbalances. Now, dietitians and conventional medicine will likely say to aim for somewhere between a three to a five on the Bristol stool chart. And in terms of my training, we see a three as beginning to lean towards constipation and a five as beginning to lean towards diarrhea. And this is something that we focus on heavily with SIBO. A lot of people think that they don't have constipation or they don't have diarrhea, but these bowel movements actually exist on a spectrum. Stools that are like pellets, they're hard or they're round or they're difficult to pass, is a form of constipation. So in my training, anything before four is a form of constipation and anything above four is a form of diarrhea or loose stools. Now, they don't show pudding-like stools here, but I would also consider that as a form of diarrhea. The caveat here is that if you're a vegan and you eat a lot of plants, I don't mean processed vegan food, I mean literally, you know, plants, vegetables, you may have softer stools, so nearer to a five. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. The other thing I would say is don't chase perfection, which I've been guilty of. When my IBS was the most managed it's ever been, at the time of this recording, it's not because I've had a SIBO relapse. My stools were about a five. So if your endo belly dramatically improves, if you get an all clear for your gut conditions, but sometimes your stools are a little either side of type four, so are a little either side of type four, this is probably not something to worry about. It might just be that you ate a little more or a little less fiber that week, or maybe that's just your normal. 
if you're concerned about it, certainly see a gut health practitioner. But I just, I wouldn't obsess about so that's it. it. Thank you. Um, especially so if it's the only for issue left and there are if no other signs of something else. If you want to find out gut. more about what I do, so the key takeaway is and your stomach shouldn't be flat um, all the time. I just want to hammer this home. A super flat stomach does not equal a happy gut. In fact, it sort of suggests that the gut microbiome is underfed or non existent because for them to thrive, they need to eat food. And as a result, that creates gas. So we're not aiming for washboard um, abs all the time. We're aiming for gut health that doesn't affect your daily life. It doesn't cause you pain or physical, mental or emotional distress. Um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. (laughs) 